Hey everybody, it's your old friend John DeLuna, and this is the Minicast. Joining me this week, a new voice to the TF Radio Network, Bill Ray. Bill, how are you doing on this uh, fine recording evening? I'm doing well, John. Thanks for uh, asking. Uh, We're now melting out of all the crazy abnormal weather snow out here in mm-hmm. dc and uh things are, are warm and bright so well i would like to just kind of go through the life of bill ray just to set the table since um this is your first uh first minicast for po- first podcast i think on the tf radio network um, it is so bill we've known each other off and on probably for uh, i guess a decade or so through ouija maybe more than that we're old and time we're old time yeah. speeds up it, it goes exponentially faster as you get older <laughs> um so i mean take me through a little bit just so everybody kind of knows like you you and i have probably collected transformers collectively for like a good 50 to 60 years as uh that's as a terrifying it, number, John. Yeah, as, uh, <laughs> as that's how math works, as math works. Uh, addition, simple addition works. So tell me, I'm interested, what is the first Transformers-related memory that you have? Well, my, my first uh, Transformers memory is when I was uh, a kid, it was uh, the seeing issue number one of the Marvel comic in the grocery store. Okay. Uh, back back in the eighties, the grocery store sold comic books. I, I haven't seen a, a comic book in a, <laughs> you know any any place in ages. But uh, our grocery store sold had somewhere for some reason in the cereal aisle was issue number one, and they had that crazy cover with you know the the weird sort of beatific expressions on on Spike, you know, in yes. the background and Optimus Prime. I think he's crushing a jet or something and <laughs> yeah you know, and i thought that looks amazing and so i had to have it um and you know and it, it obviously it, it was uh i mean really it lived up to the cover because you, you turn to page one and there's a giant red robot crushing a jet in his hand so uh you know they can't can't complain about that um but uh yeah and so uh i i loved that and then of course then the toys started spilling out everywhere and yes. became uh, in, in the eighties, a, a national obsession. Um, and, uh, actually the, the first toy I ever bought with money I, I saved up was, was a transformer. I ended up, uh, having several dollars from my grandmother. And I, I remember going into the, the, the store and picking up gears cause I thought gears was nice. the coolest of the, you know, coolest looking of the mini bots. Okay. L- little it. did I know at the time that, you know, gears is not the coolest mini bot, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Right, exactly. And, and like in the 80s, like several dollars is like $1,000 today. Yeah, no. I it, believe it, that's... The exchange rate is, is yeah. somewhere around there. I believe yeah. that's right. Um, <laughs> so I think my first my first memory is... It has to be when I was four. Because um, I do have like... there. It's sad. Uh, this is why we're on Transformers Podcast. But uh, growing up... I can kind of, I have kind of like milestones in my life based on the transformer I was playing with at the time. So I can, mm-hmm. I can kind of guesstimate how old I was when other things unrelated transformers were happening in my life because I remember the transformers I had at that time. Um, so my first, tr- my first transformers memory is is 
almost certainly I have like the I, it's like a slideshow. It's like a PowerPoint in my head. So I have these very clear um, flashes of opening a sound wave, and it must have been you know fall of eighty four, maybe very early eighty five. That might be, and then outside of really kind of weird abstract memories around that time that that might be the clearest memory i have of like that 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 period of my life like i said other than just weird like flashes of like me riding a, a tricycle or a big wheel or walking on a, a brick wall or something it's weird stuff like that like you know real yeah kind of dream state kind of stuff like that um so that's interesting that yours is is it was like exposure to the comic uh yeah. Well, well, it, it it may be worth pointing out that I'm apparently a bit older than you are, John. So, well, <laughs> I was I was ten when those came out. So for me, I was right at the age at which all that stuff was really most heavily targeted. So I was the right age for the comic book. I was the right age for the cartoon and for like everything. So for me, my tenth birthday was like the Transformers birthday. That yeah. was, uh, you know, I got ratchet and optimus prime and a couple others and you know and then uh like that christmas was just all transformers stuff and and uh um it it, it was actually uh something I, I learned as a kid my mother was exceptionally good at finding the things that were in demand that no one could get a hold of oh nice i don't I don't know what she did but uh but yeah throughout my childhood there would be like some toy that like the media it would be in the news it's like oh no one can get this and my mother would show up but you know and be like oh here it is <laughs> uh so i i was very fortunate as a child and you know i had like the full omega supreme at christmas oh, and all that man. stuff so i i uh, uh but yeah i was i was so i was 10 when that hit which was like exactly you know right that median age they were aiming mm -hmm. at mm -hmm. um so for me i i definitely remember what you know very clearly going into the store and you know weighing the benefits of transformers versus gobots you know looking at them on the, <laughs> on the show interesting what was that kind of like what was that what was involved in that judgment do you kind of remember well you know a, a lot of that that there was uh, uh it became very clear early on that transformers was going to be I, I think the winner of that, like everybody thought mm. they were cooler except for a couple of kids. I, I feel like the one comeback was when uh, the GoBots released those little, um, the combiner that was the power suits. I don't know if yes. you remember the power oh, yeah. suits yeah, yeah, combiner. Yeah. Oh yeah. Man, that thing was just awesome. Yeah. And geez. so there was a moment where everyone was like, okay, hold on. Maybe <laughs> GoBots is going to turn this around. Uh, <laughs> Things are about that was genius. Real. For sure. But, uh, uh, they did not. Uh, Gobots, you know, then released a bunch of guys that turned into rocks, and you know that was just there was no no coming back from that. <laughs> that was their big follow up to the power suit. It was, uh, yeah, stones. Uh, right, and fuzzy troll troll guys. Oh, that that's right. Yeah, and turn uh, into anything. So. Hmm. Uh, for the record, uh, this is an audio only podcast, but I just want to assure everybody who's listening that uh, Bill has aged phenomenally. Uh, I would not have guessed. I would not have guessed that that we were on these uh, two uh, two very different timelines. Um, so, fast forward a bit, uh, Bill. When did um, when did you become a collector? Would you say? Well, you know, it's a funny story. I held on to my Transformers way longer than any of my contemporaries. I mm -hmm. loved those things, and I I you know kept them in my room, and my friends would make fun of me. And, um, 
And so I, I, uh, but I, I, I picked up the, the, uh, when it came, the CD for the soundtrack to the movie came mm-hmm. out when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And so I, I took that and I was like the, like the fa- the awkward phase in the middle there where I was like the weird kid that had a couple of toys, mm-hmm. uh, Suddenly, I came to school and I had like the CD of the Transformers soundtrack, and everybody was like, "Whoa, that's awesome!" <laughs> like it, had, it had crested that that moment. Nice. And uh, right, and so I happened to go to high school with a a, uh, a, a young man who is now known uh, as M. Cipher, uh, Greg Sepelak, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, listeners may know is you know one of the the writers that. Uh, the fun pub people put he, he helped come up with the shattered glass concept and a bunch of those other uh he wrote a bunch of great stories uh with trent troop uh and so greg and i went to high school together and greg had really forgotten about transformers you know hmm. in the intervening years because they hadn't done much in hmm. the in the that late late 80s early 90s period and so like he heard me playing the soundtrack and was like dude i should really get back into this so then greg became you know sort of really seriously involved in yeah. the early fandom mm-hmm. um and uh he's been to like every botcon and done everything and has been you know writing stories and everywhere credit uh, you. right so years later i'm talking to greg and he's like yeah i just got back from botcon and i'm like wait you got back from what now <laughs> And, and he started talking about the fandom and how things were coming back. And I was like, man, I got to check this out. So I started watching the, the Beast Wars cartoon and I mm-hmm. was sucked right back mm. in. Um, and so when season two of Beast Wars came out, I was in uh, uh, my first year of law school. And I was like, okay, I have to go and get toys for this. Like, I, I am a fully grown adult. You know, I've finished college. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, studying serious things. <laughs> I should be able to have like a, a Megatron dinosaur in my, <laughs> my apartment. And so, <laughs> so I went to Toys R Us and, and uh, you know, got, got what I, you know, got a Megatron, Transmetal Megatron and a Transmetal Optimus Prime. And they were really cool. And, and uh, you know, then I, I really fell in love with uh, Rampage on the show of course. in that protoform x episode mm-hmm. and uh, uh I, I, you may or may not recall that the protoform x episode came out like six months before rampage hit store right yeah yes I <laughs> and do. so i you know back then that was the that was 97 i guess it's, you know yeah there something was like that not much on the internet to find out about these things <laughs> mm-hmm. so I was just, you know, obsessively hitting up Toys R Us every day, like going, okay, well, <laughs> they put him on the show. He's got to be out any minute now, right? So I, you know, I would go and, and uh, started routinely visiting the Toys R Us just, just to find Rampage. And of course, you know, you're there, you're at the Toys R Us, you're looking at all the Transformers, and you're like, you know, I'll just, I'll pick up Cheetor while I'm here. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so things sort of spiraled out of control from there. Uh and uh, so I, you know, I still had a bunch of my old G1 stuff, and I, I mm-hmm. still do. It's buttering the shelves all around me right now. And mm. uh, but you know, like there was kind of a gap uh, for all that stuff. And so when I finished school, I uh, went out and bought uh, 
you know, started buying a bunch of the Japanese stuff that had come out that I had never seen. I mm-hmm, got like, mm-hmm. and the, the great thing about the fandom back then was, you know, like early days of eBay, you could pick up Overlord and, you know, like a Star Convoy and all those guys. Like, really, you know, they were expensive, but like at the time I thought they were crazy expensive and that I was a crazy person for, for buying them. But like now, now they're worth, you know, insane amounts of money. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, but back then, they you know they were, they were, you know the price of maybe two or three regular retail toys as opposed to mm-hmm. you know like ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and so I've been you know kind of collecting and going to botcons and and uh, and all that stuff ever since. So I, I think at that point in the story, you start to come in. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. yeah. That's. Uh, <laughs> that's in the 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 salad days of. Uh, of uh, internet chat IRC and uh, alt.toys.transformers. Um, and uh, that was kind of the Wild West days. I, I do remember that. It, 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 that was even still the, the kind of that period of time where there eBay did exist, but there were also plenty of um, kind of mom and pop online shops that, that basically looked like Craigslist with, uh, yeah. with, with uh, pictures and uh, background music, if you were lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and those were also places where you could pick up stuff that um, was just very reasonably um, priced compared to the original price points. And, and even in, in and I remember back then, uh, like like some of the coveted stuff back then were um, loose and complete combiner sets and, 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 mm, and, and yeah. loose and complete uh, Omega Supremes and um, any a jetfire in in almost any shape if it was complete and had all its accessories it was uh, a real a real find and uh yeah as, as as like values increased and um to some degree knockoffs kind of showed up but ko's and stuff like that aren't, aren't weren't a huge thing but 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 it, it seemed like as ebay grew and and some of these bigger like uh, toy sites uh, gobbled up the the small uh, indie sites um it seemed like like a lot more a lot more people were started to put their their valuable pieces online. So in some degree, in some cases, um, if money's no object, it, it can be just as easy as ever probably to find some of these really rare pieces. But uh, oh, but like you said, um, there was a time when they were attainable by um, a lot more people. Um, well, and, and I think not just that, but they were also to some degree attainable by surprise because mm-hmm. I could go and get like I, I picked up a set of uh, the uh, the Road Caesar mm-hmm. and I had no idea who that was at the time, but he looked cool. <laughs> so I, I bought my Road Caesar set. I promptly threw out all the original packaging and, you know, just played around with it and <laughs> And, uh, you know, there, there was, uh, Took it in I the had no idea who, right. I had no idea who he was. It was years before I had any idea who he was. Um, uh, but you know, he, he had, I knew he was official. That's all I, that's about all I had was that he, you know, somewhere in Japan, there was some, some guy that was three robots stacked up on top of each other. And that right. was, <laughs> that was right. about all I knew. <laughs> yeah. And you would also get things like a uh, warehouse finds still of like G1 yeah. stuff where, where, you know, somebody yeah. would say like, ah, Hey, we found a warehouse of ultra Magnus. Go figure, and uh, and then there's all of a sudden a run on pristine new uh, toys because it's yeah. a warehouse find. Um, well, you know another fun funny uh, talking about uh, discovering things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would get the uh, the sort of weird 
like loose VHS cassette tapes that somebody had done where they had done their own transfer of like mm-hmm. the old, the, the Japanese, like from the PAL to the VHS. And mm-hmm. sometimes it would be dubbed and sometimes it would, yeah, or not dubbed, it would sometimes be subtitled. Uh, sometimes it would just be straight Japanese and you had no idea what anybody <laughs> was saying. And, and it was like always kind of blurry and, and out of focus. And it, it, it's really kind of amazing now to see like if, if, if the show comes out in Japan and has a slightly different dub to it. I, you know, I can go find, find that online and, mm-hmm. you know, somebody will have already summarized everything that's different and, <laughs> and written yeah. it down someplace for me regardless. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, so we have firmly established that, um, that I'm old and, and so am I, we, we've seen, we've been through some wars. <laughs> I do want to, I do want to ask like, if we like this, let's just fast forward to the, um, to the president on a couple of things and i you know i do want to ask one uh, or first so what what are your feelings on the lack of botcon or, or just the state of transformer conventions annual conventions because we had a huge stretch what was it like um Oh gosh, I can't even do the math. Like the first BotCon was 95, 94, 95, and the last BotCon was 2014 or 15. So yeah, you're, I, you're looking at almost, you know, give or take years, yeah. a couple uh, decades of the of this and now it's gone. So I mean, what 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 do you feel about the state of Transformers um, annual Transformer gatherings? I well, you know, on on one hand it, it, it's sad to see the the one central classic get together sort of right off into the sunset because uh, it, you know the the names and management swapped hands a few times in the middle there but there was always like one big official convention every year uh, and Hasbro has kind of sort of done that trying to bring that into their their own Hasbro convention but that's really not quite the same as as a you know, the, the official branded fan convention. Um, but at the same time, uh, when BotCon started, and for most of BotCon's run, there weren't really all these other conventions. Now there are really quite a handful of dedicated uh, Transformers conventions uh, that are, you know, all over the world. Uh, so, so there's, in some degree that the gap I think has been mitigated because there are, there are other places you can go. And so even if they're not official, even if they don't have, you know, that, that stamp of, you know, Hasbro showing up and and Mm -hmm. giving their, their speeches, which was always fantastic. Meeting the designers and things was always a great uh, draw for me. I say always, but uh, they weren't always there for the first few years. They, they, they weren't at BotCon. Mm -hmm. So, uh, um, so while I miss that aspect of it, uh, I, I think the 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 loss is not as great as it would be if they were just suddenly all gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still stuff to go to. You can still go and meet a lot of great fans at you know things like TFCon where we we were at this year, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and uh, there you know a bunch of others. And they it seems like new ones are cropping up all the time. Um, and and so that that's been that's been a, a big change. And I think the other. The other big difference is that uh, Transformers, uh, as a presence, has increased exponentially uh, in terms of, you know, the 2007 movie, obviously, was was enormous. Sure. Uh, but even beyond the, the Hollywood stuff, when you look at uh, what IDW has done with the comic book and those things, 
uh, the fandom has expanded so so much that uh, it's not like the early days of BotCon where there were a few hundred people there and they were the few hundred like biggest Transformers fans and. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I used to joke when when I talked to people, I, I would say, you know, they'd say, oh, I guess you're a really big Transformers fan. And I could say, well, yeah, uh, you know, there are a few bigger, but I can name them for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is so true. Um, it's kind of interesting, too. We've kind of gone full circle, not completely, but uh, a little bit in spirit that, uh, you know, this started as, as something a little bit smaller um if you were there you were there very intentionally uh, not not you know a massive like walk-up crowd and then you know uh, I, I would probably say like in the heyday of the of the Michael Bay movies and, and when fun pup was really clicking um, it felt like something f- different beyond kind of implies that it was better but it was just different and then and much more broad appeal and, and huge walk-up crowds on Saturdays and things like that and now, um, just in some ways, we're, we're kind of back down to feeling a, a little bit more communal, smaller, if anything. Um, and without that Hasbro endorsement, it, al- it almost kind of goes back to feeling um, kind of independent and, and, and something uh, a little bit more underground. Certainly bigger than the first few years of, and more polished than the first few years of BotCon when everybody was just figuring it out. But yeah, TFCon has kind of come back to that... Um, to that scope of, of an event. Yeah, and I, I, I enjoy that. Um, and, and actually, though, one thing I've, I've loved is, is that, that BotCon has kind of uh, moved, BotCon, but conventions in general, that the mm-hmm. fandom has moved beyond that, uh, that initial limited group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the initial limited group was a lot of people who were, you know, very similar. You saw a lot of, uh, you know, I want to say like 90% of the people at the convention were either like a, a, a big fat guy or like a <laughs> skinny guy with long hair. And you could just look across and you'd be like, wow, this, this is really not like it, it was a very homogenous group. Sure. And, you know, and not that there's anything wrong with those people. I, I love many of them, but like the, like, it was just weird, right? It was weird <laughs> sure. looking at this kind of echo chamber where everybody was kind of the same, and uh, um, and I, I feel like over the years the fandom has expanded dramatically beyond that, and mm-hmm. I, I think uh, that has brought in all kinds of amazing stuff that we never would have seen otherwise. Like we, I believe we were talking at TFCon about there was the booth of uh, just the little stuffed animal. Uh, plush Transformers figures. Yeah, like the chibi kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were adorable. And there was, you know, nothing like that in the early days. There was, you know, not even, you know, people weren't even sketching that. You know, they were Mm -hmm. sketching, you know, the prototypical Dreamwave stuff and talking about, you know, what, uh, uh, you know, like a a very different world. Yeah, for sure. To to have that inclusion adds, like, it, it really balances a lot of things out and it gives... I, I think it gives a, a a better feel to the to to the convention scene in general. Yeah, and I, I'm a big fan of that evolution. Uh, absolutely, and I'm I'm a big fan too of what the comics have brought as far as like a demographic to the to the conventions. We see we see we see a lot more uh, female fans because thankfully we've got more content that uh, 
maybe connects with them. We have a lot more female characters. And from an age standpoint, you know, you kind of you have a mix of old guard fans and uh, new fans that um, certainly feel like that, that they came on board because of IDW and some of the concepts and, and things that they've done in that arena. And they're much younger than us. And it's really good to have that mix of ages and to feel like there's another wave uh, behind us, another uh, one or two waves behind us. There are certain, there's certainly other fandoms of, of old properties or properties with a lot of history like Transformers that are not staying young, that, that, that they're, they're aging. They're just getting older as the, as the years go by. And Transformers is one of those um, properties that's lucky enough to have evolved over time and diversified enough to where you see at these fan conventions, you see a, di- a diverse crowd. It's gotten more di- diverse, th- uh, if anything, over the years as far as like gender and ages. And it's, it's just really good. It's very um, it's very refreshing to me. When we were at TFCon this uh, past um, fall, seeing that kind of that group of kids that are still kind of, you know, uh, somewhere in the high school to very early college kind of years and seeing packs of those people at that convention for completely different reasons than me. Um, it was awesome. It gives me a lot of uh, good good vibes for the, the future of, uh, of those gatherings. And, um, it, you know, it, it's something that I think a lot of fans in other uh, brands and communities they probably don't have, and they probably wish they did. Um, so before we wrap up, too, and uh, uh, Bill, you will definitely be coming back for another minicast, but we like to keep it 30-ish minutes, a hard-ish on that. But last thing I do want to talk to you about uh, before we check out is um, is Toys R Us. So we you know, we kind of, we kind of did our soliloquy on uh on BotCon, let's uh, let's look at um, Jeffrey's house real quick. That's certainly something that's been in the uh, headlines for uh, probably a month at this point. And um, at the Aaron Archer panel, actually, at TFCon, um, I don't know if it was me asking a question or, or a combination of people asking him questions about Toys R Us, but something came up, and, and he did touch on Toys R Us. And, and, you know, being a longtime uh, executive like Aaron Archer has been with Hasbro, you know, he said it was going to be tough. It's basically one of three major retailers right now that the toy industry has, the others being Walmart and Target. And certainly Toys R Us is the last great national toy store. Right. And it's going away as we speak. Um, I think the I think uh, we're recording this on a Thursday, and I believe this, this is the day when... Um, heavy discounts were reported to start at the stores. So, so talk to me about um, your perspective uh, as a, as a long time collector like myself on, uh, on Toys R Us. I mean, what's your assessment of it? What's your feelings about it? Let me know. Well, you know, I, 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 I mentioned this to my wife that the, the deal that, that uh, has kind of struck down Toys R Us and, and she said it was absolutely the most ridiculous thing that and she's right if, if I, I write novels and if i wrote a novel in which a company called bain came up and destroyed all of america's toy stores yes you would say that's incredibly far-fetched uh but it, it, that is actually what has happened in reality which is, is kind of shocking um the the sad truth is that the toy stores were uh a lot there's a lot of discussion about uh, whether they were profitable 
in the age of, of Amazon and whether they could compete with Walmart and Target. And, and certainly that had, you know, kind of brought some of their expectations down. But uh, the reality is uh, the deal that, that really kind of crushed them couldn't have happened if they had not been profitable. So uh, hmm. the deal for, for any listeners who, who are not familiar with what, what happened to both KB Toy Stores in, in uh, uh, 2008, I believe, and now mm-hmm. uh, has happened to Toys R Us, uh, it's, it's a, a, the way the deal is structured, company comes in and they buy Toys R Us uh, for uh, $6 billion. And that was the, the estimated worth of, of Toys R Us, $6 billion. Uh, but they only had $1 billion to buy it with. So what they did was they, they bought the whole thing, and then they took out $5 billion in loans. And they put those $5 billion in loans because once they had bought it, they owned the whole thing. So they apportioned the $5 billion in loans to Toys R Us. So now Toys R Us, the company, is responsible for paying off the loans that were used to buy them with. Uh, and so a company that is worth $6 billion is now suddenly saddled with $5 billion in debt. So uh, they their entire profit was dedicated to just paying the interest on those debts. Mm-hmm. And so they ended up cannibalizing parts of their business, uh, the maintenance and, and uh, all that kind of stuff to uh, pay off as much of the principal as they could to try to get some kind of breathing room. And uh, ultimately, they just weren't able to do it. Um, and it, it's understandable, like if you're suddenly saddled with, you know, your entire net worth is, is suddenly yes. a negative. Uh, even if you're profitable and making money, there's you just can't come back from it. Yeah. Um, and so, so they went under. Uh, and sadly, like I said, the, the only reason they could get the loans in order to you know, be saddled with them to go under was because they were making money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there was, there was room in the market for these companies. They just, the, the financiers kind of crushed them. Um, and so the good news of that is that, you know, there's already some discussion about somebody trying to, to sort of revise, uh, or, or re- rebuild KB toys to bring those back. Uh, cause there is a vacuum in the market now. Um, and as collectors, what we have to hope for is that, you know, a, a multiplicity of, of, you know, sort of medium-sized actors like Toys R Us comes in because if what people had been speculating that it really, that it was Walmart and, and Target and Amazon, mm-hmm. if those come in and fill that gap in place of a new KB or a new Toys R Us or whoever, uh, then what you're going to have is, is fewer outlets, fewer mm-hmm. uh, distributors selling toys. Um, and that's bad for collectors because one of the things we love are, you know, like uh, recently Toys R Us had uh, Grotusk was really popular as mm-hmm. was RC. And the reason toys like that ever even exist as exclusives is because there's competition in the marketplace and somebody is in a position to say, you know, we want to sell an exclusive that none of these other stores have. And so if you have one fewer outlet for those kinds of brands, those kinds of exclusives, they're just going to not exist. Uh, um, the, the alternative is not uh, not that everybody will get the exclusive. The alternative is that no one will get it. 
And so what we will see is, is as collectors is that you'll just, you'll have fewer things on the marketplace because mm-hmm. the, the biggest guys won't care about competing that way. They'll just compete on price and the specialized guys are going to be too small to really pull off a, a really cool exclusive that, that we might get super excited about. Um, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a difficult situation, but, uh, like I said, the, the hope is that, uh, there was definitely a market there. Uh, mm-hmm. Toys R Us was making enough money to pay off $5 billion, the interest on $5 billion in debt. That's quite a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so there's a market. And where there's a market, usually someone will come in to fill it. Someone will say, okay, there's money to be made. I want to make that money. Um, and so we just have to hope that it's kind of the little guy instead of the, you know, just the big guy filling in the, the vacuum. Totally. Yeah, I think um, I had read across various reports that uh, that they were paying as much, uh, maybe even north of four hundred million dollars a year, just on the uh, just against the debt. Um, so uh, that's uh, also keep in mind there's interest on that debt over time. So you're you're it's what you're actually paying back would have probably been in theory even more than five billion dollars, and they had fifteen percent of the market share, which is a huge. For, for any one retailer, probably not named Walmart. So yeah, you're right. I mean, they had, there was a lot, um, there was a lot going against Toys R Us, but there's there was also a lot of uh, underlying success and performance that was still there outside of the uh, the financial implications that they were dealing with. Um, so, Bill, before we go, where can people find you and tell us a little bit more about uh, about your creative works? What are you doing? I see things happening on Twitter here and there. Um, tell us about yourself. All right. Well, uh, I, I am, uh, as I mentioned in the podcast, I was formerly an attorney. I'm currently working as a writer. Uh, I'm a novelist. I've produced a couple of fantasy novels, uh, the first of which uh, was uh called one of the best books of 2016 by a major critics organization. Uh, and you can find me uh, at Varen Empire uh, on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, and uh, I'm a friend of John, so you find John. You can link through him to me. But uh, it's uh, the first book is called Gedland. It's uh, sort of a steampunk fantasy epic. Uh, and there's a sequel that's out now that uh, is the same setting, but more of a mystery story in the style of the classic Victorian detectives. Um, and so those are, are both available through Amazon. And I am on Twitter and Facebook. And I am always happy to chat with Transformers fans about Transformers things, uh, even if you don't like fantasy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> chances are that you probably enjoy fantasy a little bit maybe if you're a transformers fan i hope there's some there's some some strong crossover hey if bill's book is on amazon i have everybody uh everybody i have an idea for you go to tfradio.net slash amazon and buy bill's book uh you'll support bill and you'll support us uh a very small cut but we appreciate it uh goes to brian kilby he keeps the lights on tfradio.net slash amazon Look up Bill Ray's book. Look him up on Twitter. Uh, tweet TF Radio or uh, that John D, which is me on Twitter. If you have any trouble finding Bill, we can point you in the right direction. Bill Ray, thank you for joining me on the Minicast. Absolutely, John. Thanks for having me. We'll see you guys around it again. TFRadio.net. Check out all the podcasts, the Minicast, many others. TFRadio.net slash Amazon. You 
support us. We thank you, and we'll see you guys next time.